Welcome to the Trial Better Podcast. In this episode, we discuss bring your own device, also known as BYOD. BYOD is one of the newest trends in clinical trial management, allowing patients to self-report data using devices they already own. Our host, Ken Faulkner, and featured guest, Katarina Korsbach, review the pros and cons of BYOD, examine its uses, and review the process of conducting a BYOD study. Stay tuned to learn more on Trial Better. Welcome to our Trial Better podcast. My name is Ken Faulkner. I'm Vice President of Scientific Services at ERT. More and more, we're being asked to include measures of how a patient functions and feels using a variety of assessment techniques. And as technological advances are made throughout industry, regulators like the FDA and pharmaceutical sponsors are looking for ways to leverage technology to collect field-based patient data. And much of this interest is centered on the use of smartphones. Traditionally, study participants were provided smartphones or tablets to report their data. But recently, many clinical trials are utilizing the, quote, bring your own device, unquote, or BYOD approach, leveraging patients' own internet-enabled mobile devices to collect data instead of providing each patient with a provision device. This gives us a lot more flexibility, but there are also some challenges. And today we'd like to explore the pros, sorry for the pun, and cons of a BYOD model, examine the potential challenges, and get a glimpse into the future of BYOD options for collecting patient-reported outcome data. For this conversation, I'm pleased to be joined by Katarina Korsbach, who currently serves as the Associate Clinical Program Director at AstraZeneca. She has extensive experience in the biomedical and research industries, and over the last two decades has been focused on pharmaceuticals and has had many roles in different therapeutic areas, and has been responsible for patient-reported outcomes, or PROS, in a myriad of clinical trials. Previously, she worked in intercultural and global organizations such as the WHO, UNICEF, and the World Bank in Europe, the Middle East, Asia, and Africa. Katarina's academic background is within natural sciences and clinical nutrition, where she earned a master's degree in biochemistry and a master's of public health in nutrition. So thank you for joining us, Katarina, and, and welcome to the Trial Better podcast. Thank you very much. So uh, would you mind just maybe starting us off, give us some background on your experience with electronic patient-reported outcomes assessments? Yeah, I have worked in the clinical team here in AstraZeneca, and I have worked quite a lot. I mean, we have included PROs in almost uh, in a lot of studies in different therapeutic areas since many years. So I have had lots of different devices in, in the trials. ERT devices, AM3, logpads, tablets, etc. And now we have also one study that we have included this bring your own device solution with patients' own cell phones. So it's only one study so far with this option. No, that's fascinating. It sounds like you've had quite a bit of experience in, in what it seems like it's a young field, but you've been doing this for a long time. What for you, what does BYOD mean? What, is, what does that mean to you in terms of conducting a clinical trial? Yeah, I mean, bring your own device. Obviously, the patient is using their own cell phone, which they are very used to have. I mean, nowadays, we all carry around our own um, phones all the time. So it's very simple for them. And they, you know, they don't, they keep aware of it and they don't, Forget it. I mean, the risk of forgetting 
is much less than if you have to carry an extra device. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating. Think, yeah, yeah, the simplicity, I think, is a good advantage. Well, is it just smartphones? Are there other devices that you've, candidate BYOD devices that you've considered? No, in, in this first study, it's the cell phones we, we use. Yeah. Uh, I always wonder, there's a lot of things like Fitbits out there and activity monitors and all kinds of things that people could potentially and they uh, want to try and use. So you haven't run into that yet, huh? Well, we have had in previous studies, we have had Actigraphs and other devices for activity, uh, logging uh, patients' activity, physical activity, uh, and other devices. But I haven't really thought of uh, bring your own device as extended to more than cell phones, actually. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably true for most of us, too. I think it's, it's been a challenge enough just to get people to use their own smartphones. So, Katarina, tell me, what, what are some of the benefits of having bring your own device trial? Yeah, I think the overall benefit, as I mentioned, it, I think is uh, simplicity. Patients don't need to remember to carry around any extra device. They are very familiar with the phone. And I mean, they, they keep track on it all the time, as we all do. And the technology is easy. They, are, or, uh, they download the app and it's something they do all the time. So... Yeah, they are very familiar with the device per se and with the technology as well, I think. Yeah, so well, absolutely. And, and I guess not having to uh, provide the phones is a benefit too to the company. It is, although we usually have Plan B, you know, so we also have the option of provision devices too. And it may be when we introduce this uh, in trials, it could also be, of course, that patients don't want to use their own phones. We haven't that experience so far, but it could be. So we always include an option of provision devices or provision cell phones as well. So yeah, it kind of leads me to the other side of the question. What are the some of the problems that you have encountered or pitfalls of using your own device, BYOD? Yeah, of course, there are pitfalls too, as always, in any any solution or option. Some are probably only, I would say, childhood diseases and can be overcome when we, together with the the vendor like ERT and the industry and the patients, can feedback on our experiences like we do now, for example. But there are, of course, other more general things that you always need to consider when you select the best option for your study. And I think, you know, aspects like complexity, frequency of recordings in the device, uh, like study visits, and the number of, que- number of questionnaires, of course, and also number of patients in the study. I mean, the volume of data, and not the least, uh, which countries you go in, what regions of the world. And that also leads into the budget, of course. I think the bring your own device solution, that you're using a patient's own cell phones can be cost-effective if you go in countries where the majority of the patients have modern cell phones. And then in countries where they are very used to installing the the apps and all that, if you're not in those countries, there may be that you choose another option anyway. And of course, the cell phones, not only they must be of modern kind, of course, but also have sufficient memory 
that is something that we have experienced in, in this first study, because obviously the app takes, requires quite substantial amount of memory in the phone, uh, depending on number of questionnaires, etc. So that's important to consider, I think. We had, for example, in this study, uh, a patient that uh, had to be rescheduled because they couldn't install the app. This uh, particular patient had a lot of photos and things like that. So uh, she had to go home and, you know, take care of the, the photos and then come back with more, uh, more memory on the phone. So, yeah, so it, uh, yeah, there are different aspects. And then, of course, as I said, I mean, we usually have the option of the provisioned phones. And then you come to the um, point where you see, is it cost effective? If uh, we anyway need to provision a lot of phones, then of course we haven't gained anything budget-wise. So I think uh, we need to uh, consider or assess the study, which countries, how many, uh, if we are approaching the budgetary limits or not. So uh, in, but in countries and in studies where we uh, expect that most patients will have their own phone, then, of course, it's definitely a solution to consider, for sure. You know, it's fascinating. I was just thinking about how I think my, my smartphone is, is a close friend. I, I like my kind of phone. But across the world, everybody has their own preferences. How, there's a lot of different models and brands and configurations. Has that been an issue? Well, it hasn't so far, but but even if we are only now limiting our ex- oh, we we are limited in our experience to uh, Sweden, Denmark, you know, UK, most people have more or less same brands, and of course, your option in ERT, the app can be installed in in different phones, but we still have had some problems with installing the app. So, mm-hmm. even though we are in a rather homogeneous countries there it must be assessed beforehand yeah when we yeah before we select which option to use so how do the regulatory agencies feel about byod trials well i don't know if there is any concerted view we we as i said we have only tested this now in one study in our company and i don't have the overview of the industry per se so I really don't know the prevalence, so to speak, in the industry. But regarding, for example, the aspect of patient privacy or data privacy, I don't think that would be really a concern by the authorities because we, of course, adhere to the requirements for those regulations, regardless device. So that's fine. But scientifically, there may be more concerns if you have a study for studies where the PROs are primary objective and I mean primary efficacy objective or endpoint, then I'm not sure what they would say. I, I don't think there is a concerted view. We don't have a lot of experience, as I said, so I don't have the overview myself, but it could be discussed, I'm sure. Yeah, I think your but your your experience matches mine too. I think we have a lot of questions, and we're we're still in the early days of, of figuring out the right way to do that. So um, exactly, and what well, we when we uh, selected which uh, study to pilot this uh, concept, you know, we have selected a study which is it's an observational study where we then only um, follow the patients to characterize them. So so we have not uh, chosen a study where we have 
appears as primary efficacy endpoint, because that is to be discussed much more, I think, when you compare uh, groups. So, so that's second story, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess so. At this point, really, has there been any? Have there been any approvals that have uh, leveraged BYOD data, uh, pharmaceutical trials that have been approved? Well, as I said, I don't have the full overview, but I doubt that. I don't think so, since this is a new, yeah. a new concept, rather new concept. And as we all know, it takes a long time to uh, get approval for um, for launch. So, so I, I, I simply don't think there has been time enough for uh, having that. But I don't know. Well, that's it's. I think just part of being at the forefront of the field. I mean, you're you're forging new ground, and and, and it's been it's exciting to see. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's the future going to be then for BYOD? What do you think? Well, I think it's here to stay. But of course, as as mentioned, I mean, you always have to evaluate the cost-benefit aspects and select the right studies, so to speak, the the studies that uh, where it fits the purpose. So I think it is here. We will use it more and more. But we must then improve the technology together and um, evaluate which uh, which studies we we use it in, mm-hmm. and have a dialogue, of course, with authorities also. Well, any final thoughts uh, before we close? Yeah, we haven't talked about the setup process, uh, the app programming, and things like that. User acceptance. Uh, things and trainings and all that. So, but anyway, that is of course always there regardless device. So you you don't have any shortcuts just because you you use the patient's own cell phones. That is of course a component of the planning process also, even if we have simplistic approach with the device per se. So there we have a lot to discuss, but perhaps some other time. No, it's a good, it's a good point. Yeah, I think just yeah. the device is uh, the whole trial conduct still has to happen, even if it's a BYOD study. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but those I think yeah, the, those aspects were what I meant with the childhood disease. You know, this can be overcome, but we we, we definitely have more discussions to have on this topic. Well, it's, it's, it's exciting to hear of what you're doing and, and forging new ground, you and your company and others out there. Um, it's, it's exciting for me to learn about. So, But I wanted to thank you for your time and for taking the opportunity to speak with us a little bit about BYOD. Uh, oh, I'm very pleased about it. And uh, thanks to those who have listened in on our Trial Better podcast. Again, I thank Katarina Korsbach, who's been our guest. My name is Ken Faulkner, and we look forward to talking with you next time. That's a wrap for this edition of Trial Better. Special thanks to both Katarina and Ken for exploring with us the world of BYOD. I'm sure many of our listeners will look forward to learning more as the technology advances. As always, if you heard something you like or want to know more, please send us a message at trialbetter at ert.com. See you next time on the Trial Better Podcast.